0: Sounds pretty ominous, doesn't it? It should be as the war on women continues. Greetings. Your boy Rocco here. King Size Muscle, King Size Muscle 2. Local six 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 two nine six 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 two six nine. It's been a while. com, and now of course, our next foray into the Nero Spicy Podcast com. White Bat Audio, royalty free music streaming in the background with some very chilling, dark synth wave. You hate to be morose. You hate to be morbid in these times. Especially when you want to be much more positive and leading leading the charge with your light. But we're at the point now where burning bridges will have to light the way forward as they're trying to drag us back. I always feel like I'm late to the party In so many ways Either, you know, being a late bloomer biologically Or maybe even mentally In life And then sort of coming into My stride or key periods later in life And even now, thinking about this war on women Which... It's a primal struggle. It's been with us the entire time. Even for you fundamentalists who take your Iron Age Sheepherder's Guide to the Galaxy, literally. A man being created 6,000 years ago, and women from the rib of Adam. Hmm. And right off the bat, it goes right into conflict, Right? and I'm pretty sure that in some secular fashions women are looked down upon as the reason for the fall of man from the Garden of Eden well fuck that (laughs) if anything she was a liberator that's why it's important in this war on women that women begin to return to their most primal form their most natural form where their sisterhood dancing under the moon at certain times of its phase is now more important than ever why turning away from All of this illusionary Maitreya that we find ourselves caught up in. It's not of your creation. And you've been so generous for so long, allowing us, all of us, all men, yes, myself included, on a chance to somehow make this right. But again, it's time to send in a woman to do a man's job as we have severely fucked up so much of this particular dose of reality, dystopia And not in the good ways, you know what I mean? Not in the fun ways But in the real nitty gritty dark ways in, in in between the lines of Orwell's 1984 And numerous Philip K. Dick Dimensional prophecies In some of his stories It's literally the mundane mediocrity Of dystopia that we've come forward with And so yes My hope is that women in my life in the past and currently, although there's not many (laughs) currently because of this situation I believe as I've kind of removed myself from that situation even putting all my socials and uh, everything else on hold I know which seems odd that I would I would build it up and then pump the brakes I just got other things that I want to focus on that I the need to make happen and so occasionally I like to do that because I, I do put way too much of my own value into the internets, online in the in the attempts or hopes of connecting or educating somebody I don't think I'll ever win any kind of argument I'm, I'm the last person to be an expert on any of these subjects even the concept of being neurospicy, my only claim is the fact that I am a late diagnosed person with ADHD and living overseas provided enough dopamine and serotonin exchange that it wasn't an issue and so I would suggest that for other people that are sort of in my situation that they would consider going overseas and living and working and seeing how that affects them with or without medication oftentimes the medication overseas is nearly impossible to get um so what can you do the war on women is something that we need to address. I know a lot of people are talking about direct action, especially coming up for the holiday here and then also Canada Day up north. And, and thanks to our Canadian neighbors for taking pity on our, our dumbassery where if they couldn't have a coup in the in the executive branch they decided to have a coup in the judicial branch and it happened on our watch that's the thing that bothers me the most is that despite trying to participate in the process everything else the usual getting rigged the riggery the riggery of the fuckery of the big club that they beat us up with prevails again but it's changed the system And it may have changed the game, but it doesn't change the players. That's the beautiful thing about ideas, inception-wise. And so all we've done is create a greater division on this sort of single-voter issue. And the immediate response, of course, from World Health Organization and a couple other committees that met together at the UN it's grim if we don't somehow rectify this either through some sort of constitutional um crisis response or massive arrests and detainment by the Department of Justice um we're we're sliding into pretty extreme domestic violence among factions because this is the kind of issue that, that that makes cis white men crazy for some reason. It's beyond me. I have no idea why. I can't I can't answer that. Uh, being only half, which is either the, the bottom half or the top half, depending on the issue. I can't tell you I mean all I can think about is the snapshot of the of the savageness of these kind of people from the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio getting buggered by a bear in the Revenant there is a savagery somehow within the genetics where they have the ability to somehow either turn off or not. Maybe they don't have it. Maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe they just don't have that consciousness where they where they have the connection to us. And maybe some do. Maybe that's where the PTSD and something comes from from some of these guys. But, um, yeah, just the viciousness on this kind of issue. And, and it's so fraught with mental gymnastics to justify this kind of level of response. Um, I know some people say this is some sort of distraction from the other distraction, and the other distraction, but I've said to you all along that if we are in some sort of simulated situation or in some sort of multiverse uh, interdimensionality, then things will have to continue to get f- more fucked up and weird. I mean, just the thing, the, the ante will be continue to be be risen in this game. I mean, talk to your elders. They felt the same way. And so it has something to do either with our own entropy as human beings that, of course, nobody gets out of here alive versus maybe the nature of systems is the, the, the more that they advance or move forward, the more sort of unwieldy they become. Think about, think about the movie Brazil with Robert De Niro and, uh, you know, the guy from, uh, uh, geez, what's his name, the Monty Python guy that makes the movies, right? In Brazil, you know, it was, again, a sort of a bizarre futuristic society and everything was super complicated, bureaucratic, and, and, and we have some ways we have to think that we're in that situation as well. And so it always kind of makes me laugh. The last movie he did was uh, Zero Theorem with uh, the Nazi guy from uh, Inglorious Bastards and uh, the Django Unchained. I can't think of the actor's name, so don't, don't get on me about this stuff, okay? Um, i give you enough clues to, to refer to who it is I'm talking about. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a... I can't even say it's a grim, it's... It's almost a satirical um, vision of the future that's that's sort of right around the corner from us. And and there was elements in there, I I think, that obviously critics and audience members didn't appreciate. So it's definitely a fan's movie. If you're a fan of Terry Gilliam, that's who I'm thinking of, the the Bonnie Python guy, Time Bandits and all that stuff. So if you're a fan of Terry Gilliam, then obviously you've probably already seen Zero Theorem. Um, if you're not a fan, but you are someone who's interested in, in dystopian visions of the future, um, then I would say watch it. If you're a kind of person that's curious about science fiction or, or futurism, I'd say watch it. Uh, you may not enjoy it as, as a cinematic piece, but you might enjoy it as the imagination for the future. I think it's always interesting for us. And so in this case, for me to envision sort of a a more matriarchal-influenced society um, with this war on women, because we're not going to win. Uh, And so, you know, I'm sure I will be a, a traitor of some kind to the male species, right? Uh, maybe that's the whole the whole bit for me, my whole life, you know, having my mommy issues and daddy issues and all these other types of subscriptions of trauma and so forth has brought me to this point sitting here on the couch with pins and needles neuropathy in my left hand, holding on to this device. Uh, up and close to the microphone because I was told that, uh, we're having some audio difficulties. Simultaneously, got a couple of fans going. I'm running hot because, uh, I'm running DMP. Um, and, you know, just rubbing, rubbing my legs here. I got a little bit of, uh, uh, puffy feet. Sometimes the heat does that. Uh, and then maybe... Gotta change my diet somehow. Maybe too much sodium or not enough. Um, when I gotta put on my restrictive socks, you know, all the joys of getting older. It's uh, it's funny, you know. It's the novelty aspect of of all those little variables in sort of a strange confluence in this moment with me, sort of yammering on about the future and the war on women in the hopes that we move move forward instead of backwards but i got a feeling it's going to be messy we got a few more eggs to break and uh it's going to be kind of a, a long summer i think and coming up for the holidays, again, I think a lot of people are are plotting or planning direct action, which is understandable. Again, I've, I've said my approach is a bit different now that I realize that there are, are willing people willing to do frontline work. I think that's commendable. Um, but I hope they're not being expendable. And so even between the, some of the uh, organizations... Um, there was some dispute between like Revco and a couple other things like that and so you've got to be careful who you organize with obviously to make sure that they're on point and I would say it's kind of like the old adage of of when you travel overseas and people sometimes get, get binned up in situations when they deal with locals on certain issues and if that's the case then I would say it's probably better to deal with someone that you at least is your own countryman another foreigner even though it might be a higher price or whatever else but at least you know there's a better chance that they're not going to daub you out it's so the same thing if this is a war on women and women are going to go to war um, I'd say that unless you're a student of these things and, and, and I think probably some are there's a lot of veterans, uh, a lot of uh, female military officers that probably have some of the theory and so on. I'm hoping so because the tactics that will be used to, to defend some of the frontline action, even in just protests or whatever else, but it may escalate later, um, a lot of that will be based on, on the theories that have been studied for a long time. And so I think it's important that uh, we at least attempt to share and educate uh, some of these uh, tactics and so forth, whether they're going to be uh, front-line black bloc activists or, hopefully not, agent provocateurs. And that's the issue here, is that within some of the the organizations, we're not 100% clear on their complete intent. And so again, think about some of the the old adages that have saved us over the years, which is your your friends, your true friends, will never ask you to do anything illegal without them. Without them. Okay. And so they might ask you to say, you know, whose car are we taking? Right, you know the whole Ben Affleck from uh, the guy uh, from the Avengers, January Renner, right? From uh, that one flick where they're robbing banks, right? And he said, "We've got to go hurt somebody." Da 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 da. Okay, who's was we taking? So, if it's that kind of situation, with your ride and die, then yeah. But if you're involved in some sort of organization because you didn't do the research, or the legwork, then you may end up paying the consequences if they have a different agenda. And sometimes it's just to get fucking more follows and likes, unfortunately. Other times it could be situations where different forces or factions are purposely putting in those agendas. We don't think of it so much that way in this country. But based on my experiences, like in Asia, and then looking at some of the tactics that were used early on in uh, Putin seizing power... We know that oftentimes certain factions will promote um, dissent or discord. Sometimes, simultaneously, um, this was very famously employed by the uh, whatever it is, the Ministry of Information under Putin. The guy used to be um, sort of an absurdist in the theater. And so he understood the value of muddying up the water. And so, on one hand, they would be funneling money into a racist organization of, like, you know, skinhead football hooligans to go to protest. And simultaneously, they would be filtering the other side, uh, the anti-racist. And so that creates sort of a theater of the absurd in, in the location and the news cycle and everything else. And meanwhile, they're allowed to sort of do other things that sort of go unnoticed and so it's the divide and conquer kind of idea and we've seen some examples of that here in this country especially in the late 60s Uh, some of the things that the government themselves were doing and then later on of course private organizations it's very common in Japan uh, to exert a pressure especially um, for a lot of the uh, old Yakuza groups that went sort of corporate and uh, then later became very legitimate in their businesses and so sometimes they protest against competitors or different things like that. So that all being said I mean you can be angry about this situation but it's not going to change overnight even, even if there was a mass mass correlated response to shut things down. It's just really impossible to do that to convince everybody. We've, we've seen that just from the pandemic. There's always going to be at least a third of the people that will will not comply or go along under any situation. And so if we can't get people to, to coordinate wearing a mask or taking a vaccine, even, even though it may be the smarter of, of the two genders, convincing half of the population or whatever the numbers are for women in this country that they could organize together and make a big difference is tough because there's division even among them Uh, so not having that ability to have mass organization I still think that you can be effective either on your own or with your bestie with your who's cow we take it but you got to be smart, and for watching all those crime dramas and uh, murder stories and everything else, and, and again, this is an odd thing about about some some aspect of the of the female mind in at least the United States, because apparently my grandmother was a huge fan of of this kind of de- genre, this pulp fictiony detective story you know i mean partly scandalous right and i think that's the other aspect of it. Is i know that mystery sometimes is a big part of romance and 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 i think the aspect of mystery is always intriguing to women hence pandora's box right uh, I, I again it's it's part of the primal wiring as as we were hunters and collectors and Quite often, you did the collecting and took care of the... I mean, the, 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 nothing's really changed since the early days, unfortunately. You still had to do most of the work and take care of the kids and feed everybody and so on. And so it makes sense that you would be much more curious about, about the environment or things around you. And if something was a mystery that you would like to solve that idea. So it's a different type of, of analytical hardwiring, I think, in the female mind. Now, again, don't quote me, don't come after me. These are just assumptions that I'm mas- basing on, uh, sort of basing basing it on basic understanding of uh, evolutionary theory or whatever else, and then thinking about
1: genetic memory
0: and so on. Uh, there's a lot of other effective variables, obviously, through history and time and nurturing and so on that can affect these aspects. But again, this, this desire or attraction to this type of entertainment, it's, it's an interesting commentary that I don't have enough information on or have looked at and say why is that? Same thing, I mean, I, I enjoy some of the content uh, made on the socials um, by females that are talking about horror movies, which I'm at the age now where I'm, I, I i don't want to watch horror movies, um, splatter, any of that kind of stuff. It's, it's a bit triggering for me. But when I was in high school, I loved it, of course. And so I think that also has something to do with processing of hormones, what you think is, is uh, happening for serotonin and dopamine. And so again... I, I think there is the capacity for the savagery within the female species. And normally though it has to be activated through you know, the mama bear uh pathway, I guess. Uh, I think that's going to change. It is gonna probably have to change under the circumstances. I keep I keep posting Lestrada, 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 which I always thought was one an amazing band in eugene oregon um but also you know a very funny um sort of commentary for a greek play of its time so there's all these different ways that i think that that the voices can be magnified and aside from putting yourself and your situation for the future at risk with direct action or black block, black block action, which, hey, I'm not knocking it. Sometimes people got to do the dirt, and there's some people that are just better at, at being dirty about it than others. Uh, sometimes people just go for it, and they'll be surprised what they're capable of. And again, I, I wouldn't deny anybody's ability or desire to put themselves in the breach especially for something that they believe is, is right and obviously is correct you're on the right side of history so you don't really have that much to lose in that case the thing is, is how much are you going to gain are you really doing it, doing it for the movement or are you doing it for yourself and it could be both I suppose you won't know until you till you get to that that point, and when you're lacing up your boots and making sure that there's no easily, readily uh, identifying things on your clothing, etc. You know, you go through all the uh, the different sort of precautions, and uh, until you get to the, until you get to that point. Until you drop the hammer, you just don't know. And that's, that's for a lot of these kind of things in life uh, where you have to take sort of extreme or severe action that, that's going to cause a, a riff or a crack in, in the space-time continuum for all involved because it's, it's an action that is pretty extreme the other approach i would say again to consider is let's look at history and i would have to say that i've always been fascinated with with the the idea of resistance from an early 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 childhood and it probably comes from rooting for the underdog you know, again, it's a matter of perspective, right? Who's telling the story? Luckily for me, later on, I, I got into punk rock and learned a lot more about other types of resistance around the world. But in the beginning, for me, it was like, you know, Bridge over the River Kwai with Sir Alec Guinness, and the concept of of someone going in there and and you know destroying this situation and where someone who can be so caught up in, in the idea of making something for the enemy where they nearly, you know, fight against it being torn down. I mean, it's a, it's a great analogy for a lot of things in life, especially for people that are they're sort of still on the fence or still in the Matrix Uh, ...with their ideas... Um, ...we know a lot of people are going through... ...the motions in their life because... ...they believe that's what they should be doing... ...and they haven't... ...they haven't seen the breakout yet... ...and so sometimes it takes... ...an insurgency or a... ...a commando unit or whatever it may be... ...to sneak in and... ...and blow up... ...you know... ...the bridge or whatever it is... ...and again it's just a metaphor... Uh, it's not like to really destroy anything, but you know, it's that connection that you have to being a prisoner. And you know, that's that's the weird thing about it. And so, when this comes to to the head to the fruition of having it blown up, you, you sort of begin to realize you know what really is important in this case. And I'd say that for some of the women that are on the other side of this war on women who are actually warring on women themselves because of religious beliefs or personal experience who knows what their situation may be to me they're the alleghenes they are the prisoner of war who's who's basically in collusion and helping to promote you know their captors agenda and so, until you finally somehow, you know, destroy or, or you know, attempt to—I keep saying you know, sorry— or attempt to to break that connection for them, uh, they'll never come around, and that's a challenge. That, of course, was followed by a series of other movies, because that's what Hollywood does, right? And so. You know, after Bridge of River Kwai, it was like you know Force 10 from Navarone and Guns of Navarone, and it was always about these small handful of men making huge changes in in, in the war effort. Uh, great story, right? It's a hero hero's quest, right? This definitely would resonate with young boys. Um, thankfully, now we are beginning to change the hero story into a heroine story. And, well, we still say hero because heroin sounds like something else entirely different. Um, Requiem for a dream, hello. Anyway, at least now young women have a chance to identify with other women as being the protagonists or the heroes of the stories. I it's important. I know a lot of people don't think it's important, and some people don't like it. Um, but to me that has value, the same way that we represent... Uh, a diversity on the screen. And this is a, a long time. We can look at Hollywood and say that the, you know they've not done a great job over the years uh, representing everyone. And some people think that they don't have to do that. Okay. Um, but it's nice that there's an, an attempt or an effort at diversity. And I can understand why that, that triggers people on the other side of the equation. Um, they feel like they're losing something. It's perceived loss because that's how they've been trained um probably about junior high yeah i think my father started working for the cable company and about the only perk of course was having free cable and all the movie channels whatever else and so despite like you know essentially living in a in a shotgun shack or a a camper or whatever else um, you know, I had premium premium entertainment, lucky me. Uh, again, I appreciate that irony. Now, maybe not so much then, but more so now. Um, there was a Rutger Hauer movie uh, about. It's called Soldier in Orange. Sounds funny, right? But it was about the Dutch resistance in the Netherlands and that kind of really put the hook in me about that era of resistance because part of it is you have to understand a lot of those countries in northern europe um, were sort of very welcoming to the nazis initially we can see examples of this like in i've mentioned this before the uh, the remake of the girl with the dragon tattoo where they're in sweden and one of the uncles is an old nazi same thing in, in, in Holland and Denmark, all there's people that were on on that side in the beginning. And so I like that metaphor, because even in our own country, if you are Gen X or Gen Z, I guess we are. thought we were slackers at one time, but I guess we're Gen, Gen X now. It don't make a shit. It's all nomenclature. But But, you know, our parents, the so-called boomers and beyond, right, definitely... A lot of Nazis, <laughs> a lot of white supremacists, and so it's too easy to to dismiss it as being somewhat generational. You know, it's like, hey, let's 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 advance, let's wake up, let's get with the program. But obviously, I, I like Rudger Hauer because of Blade Runner and uh, Blind Fury, where he was the blind guy with the sword, which, of course, is a nod to Zatoichi from Japan. Uh, but so Norge was interesting to me because of the of the, the things that he had to do to become a resistance soldier. You know, he had to like, lie his way through a vision test and all these different things. And it, 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 it put something within me to say that when you believe so strongly in something, you'll do whatever it takes, you know, to get in on the action. And there was other elements too that, that you know, I wasn't too familiar with because one, it was in Dutch with subtitles, and that's when I realized how much I enjoy subtitles uh, with my ADHD brain that we didn't know about and uh, I got to thinking about some of those aspects where probably up to that point maybe maybe I was enamored with sort of the, the Nazi bullshit you know, the regalia, the uniform all that other crap You know, maybe identified with with Nazi skinheads in some ways, listened to the music, and, you know, all of that was stuff to, like, impress my dad, who was, uh, you know, three-quarters racist anyway, even though he he didn't have much luck with white women. I don't know. That's another thing that's bizarre to me, you know, that you could be racist and then have a non-white spouse, but (laughs) it's actually quite common for some reason, so... Maybe it's not so much about race as about control or dom- domination. I couldn't tell you. I don't understand it. Anyway. And I'm sure, like, you know, I did, used to draw, like, swastikas and make German planes and uh, um, draw sketches of stuff. Uh, we went on a school trip one time with a drama club, and we went to this amazing bookstore, and I bought, like, you know, this thing on the Waffin SS or whatever else. And they're all like, what did you get? I showed it to my teacher, and she kind of, like, paused for a moment. And it, it didn't didn't register to me why she would take a pause, right? It's like, whatever. But that's a good indication that, you know, it was something that was kind of like, why the fuck would you buy that, right? And so there's there's something about developmental uh, issues with young men, and I I can't pinpoint it, you know, let's put it on a scale, and for me it was somewhere between, eh, I think about the time your balls start to drop, not quite, but just been there, you know, where you love to play fucking army man and all that other shit, you're really sort of... Into that vibe as a little boy. And, and of course, if you come from a military family, you know, that's lobbed onto you even more so. And so then you develop this, this fetish, right? It, that's what it is, it's a fetish. And then slowly you start looking at, the, you know, the Nazis in, in their uniforms and all this shit like that. And you think, oh, that's. Man, they're looking tight, you know, looking sharp. And so you're already sort of primed to root for the underdog. Well, now you're rooting for the bad guys, you see. It's an easy, it's an easy transgression to make in a mind that's not fully developed. And you just keep adding in other sort of switches as far as allowing the trajectory to happen for someone, whether it's it's this idea or maybe it's a different idea like um, someone who maybe joins a cult it's the same idea you get that time in the mind where the plasticity is really sort of spongy and you put in the right sort of coordinates and the nurturing components you can get a pretty good result we're actually not that complex. We don't really have that much resources up there. It's about the equivalent of a 40-watt light bulb. or a couple of LEDs at this point. And so we're always taking shortcuts in our thinking. And again, if someone is giving you sort of big chunks of code um, of information, then you might just imprint that. And if you imprint it enough in key times then the outcome is probably more certain than others. Now, when I think about Gregory Peck and the boys from Brazil, right, where they were cloning, I guess, Hitler and trying to make something, you know, happen. Very creepy, very weird, you know, lots of eugenics, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, you fast forward and you look at some of the shit that actually did happen, and you're like, wow, it wasn't that far out. So you have to be open to those possibilities as well. Um, I'm lucky that at the same time, this sort of of slippery slope into this sort of arrested development, into sort of a cookie-cutter ID where you're looking for some sort of empowerment, and so it comes in the safety of, you know, being a Nazi punk... Luckily for me, things like the Soldier of Orange, where I was talking about the resistance of the Nazis, and you could see the cruelty that was done to them, you know, on, on people that weren't Jewish, people that weren't gypsies, people that weren't gay, they were just Dutch. And so that sort of stuck with me. Same time, Ramones Rock and Roll High School came out, the movie, Erg and the Music War that's the big game changer for me because then I started to get a lot of, of sort of so-called alternative uh, culture and so the concept was wait a second um, most people here think that other stuff is kind of like not good and when I look at it in detail do you realize that it is not good so luckily for me I, I sort of was able to to flip and go the other way that's the important part of having some sort of social interaction with the right kind of peers for people to say you know that's kind of like that Nazi shit's you know stupid here here's some dead Kennedys Nazi punks fuck off oh okay Oh, wait a second. also think about the the night of living dead rednecks. Wait a second. And then you start going down these different nodes. and, And luckily, you start to individualate yourself from maybe the programming that you've had, from maladapted ideas, from people that maybe are racist in your family. Hard to say. And I'm glad that some people are also growing out of it. I know it's difficult for people. Change is difficult, but it is inevitable. And this war on women has to change. We are very foolish to think that, you know, people will take this lying down. Perhaps I have too much hope or faith in in humanity here. The other thing that was a bit disappointing to me today was all of the fireworks stands uh, outside of the city limit, but you know, literally just next door, just one after another. Because I had blue balls from last year because we had the the global, what it was, the the heat dome, you know, whatever bullshit term they come up with for, for fucking climate change. And it was so fucking hot, it was scorching the trees here. so like no fucking fireworks, no way. You'll set this place on fire. So this year, things are cooler. We've had rain. So you know all the blue balls from being patriotic, and I'm sure it's the same fucking people that are on the other side of this equation are gonna like you know just go overboard with fucking fireworks this year. I, again, <laughs> you think somebody who lived in China for as long as he did would love fireworks? Yeah, they kind of do, but there's something different about the experience than yeehaw. Uh, I'm maxing out a credit card on fireworks here. Yee-haw. Um, I just can't get behind that right now. And so it's not going to be about black. It's not going to be about red. For me, it's about orange. The soldier of orange. And the Dutch resistance. I, I've got a great document. I know it's old. Again, if you're the kind of person that likes to hyperfixate on different kinds of information, we know that towards the end of the war... In sort of a lot of the satellite countries, that were still under occupation and still had industry going on uh, that wasn't endangered from being bombed or destroyed. Then we still would encourage, uh, you know, people basically to sort of sabotage the workplace, not so they would get hurt or get caught or anything else like that, but just to slow things down. And so that's a type of resistance and so in the manual it talks about you know different things that you can do um, to do that we know that some of these tactics can uh, and do get employed for those companies that are trying to bust unions that's another place to look at for resistance and organization so not everything has to be You know, WTO, let's dress like a ninja and fuck Starbucks up. That message only goes so far. Now, on the other hand, if you work in the transportation, uh, maybe it's time to take a vacation. Maybe uh, you tested positive for COVID. You got a little bit of the old blue flu, as they used to say. There's a lot of things that people can do On the down low Again Only do it if you feel like you are Doing it In solidarity Don't do it to make yourself feel better Especially for us And I say us, I mean all men Myself included As we have already dropped the motherfucking ball So we need to listen And we need to try to help if we can. And so, even for myself, I'm not trying to mansplain anything. I'm just saying, from my position, I always look to other sources of information and look at other ways of dealing with situations, just based on my experience. And for a guy that's survived as much as I have over the years from being shot, stabbed, ragdolled on a motorcycle, drowned, poisoned, uh, nearly decapitated, moving cars, uh, third-story jumps, know all of this nonsense, right? It's a, it's a wonder I'm not as, as busted up as I already am. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about the bulls. Yeah, I did that a few times. And horses. Um, yeah. And so that's part of it, but also if I think of all the sheisty shit, or what do they say? I forgot, somebody told me the other day. They didn't say dodgy, what did they say? Jeez. Anyway, all this, all this sort of like, sheisty, dodgy, I know a guy kind of stuff. Let me take care of it, let me handle it, over the years. Um... The fact that, again, I'm sitting here virtually a free person, (laughs) for most parts, uh, is also pretty amazing. And again, a lot of that has to do with Omurta. You cannot believe how powerful it is. And considering now that you you don't have any sort of civil recourse, if they don't Miranda uh, you if you're under arrest and they don't read you your rights so it's going to be hard to like find out whether you're uh, under arrest or not or am I free to go so there's no civil recourse in that so what are you going to do right you No, know, so omerta oh, don't say anything and I think always people always want to do that I would advise against it I used to get really screwed over oh, I used to fucking pay out the nose all the time or end up, you know, sleeping, sleeping, sleeping in the pokey, whatever else. Until I decided I had enough of that. And just started doing my research. And this is before YouTube, okay? So, I mean, like, seriously, like, going to the law library and looking at different things. And, and I've had to go back a few times in the past to try to understand, you know, what what was the charge? What's the penalty? The, you know, how do you deal with it? So, Yeah. When they tell you that to, to shut your fucking mouth, that's really the best advice. That's Omerk done. That, you know I know you think you're going to try to help yourself or try to help your friends and and, and they will tell you anything. Don't fall for any of that. Uh, they are allowed to lie to you about stuff, whatever else. Just don't say anything. That's the best thing you can do, I promise you. So that's, that's just the voice of experience. Again, not not trying to mansplain any of it. My other suggestion again is sometimes direct action can backfire. And so you really have to anticipate the full ramification of it think about Sun Tzu right almost the first thing that that comes out of the art of war is that if if you're fighting you might have already lost in this case and so yeah it feels like we've lost definitely on this decision but look how it's sort of polarized the country so we're winning in that way how we respond or how we deal with that I think it's to be determined. Again. My part my part has been done. And it, it didn't work. <laughs> you know, it's like hope and fucking prayers. It didn't work. And people say, well, it's not your responsibility. Well, you're probably right about that. But my value system says... That women deserve the right to choose how they want to use their body or not use their body. They have the same autonomy as a human being as I do, whatever I am. <laughs> and so. If I have the right to choose what I do with my body, they also deserve the same right. And no religious argument is going to convince me of that. So, the war on women continues. In the meantime, I'll be reading about the Dutch resistance. And the things that people did. There's a great book um, about some sisters. And we're actually one of the first people that got to read it here in the States. The translation. And it's about uh, seducing and killing Nazis. And so these two girls set off a chain of events by luring some Nazi SS captain into the woods and doing their bit Um, part of that extension was a huge blowback from the Nazis occupying the Netherlands where they rounded up a lot of young men people that they thought were possible of this in different communities and executed them and that only made things worse for them because obviously it really galvanized a lot of people because maybe that was their only son or that was, you know, um, a husband or a fiancé and so on. And So women took a big role in that part because there wasn't as many men at that point left over from this kind of, you know, scourge and purge by the SS. It's quite fascinating to think that under occupation where everything is watched surveiled or whatever else that people can still resist in very subtle ways. I think for some people they've been doing it for quite a while. If I think about, I think about some people that I know that are somewhat—I um, don't know—I don't want to say radicalized, but definitely, definitely got their own thing going on with their war against the world. I would say that, yeah, they're a daily sabotage in everything that they do. Uh, Unfortunately, I think some people do it sort of against nature, which is very tiresome. It's sort of the opposite direction. So, after the murder of all these young men, and and, and so the resistance became even more fierce, um, my former significant other... She, her family is from Utrecht, which is in Holland near the Hague, and there's a family, their family name is not very common here in the States, but very common there, and so um, some shirt-tailed relative of theirs was executed in this purge, and so that put deeper hooks into me, because it was like having a personal connection to this idea, right? And there's a lot of other good books out there. There's a lot of um, good books on many sort of heroic women fighting back in wartime, and not just just not just the Nazis, but you know other people in Asia, different countries, South America, and, and I, I'm sure that probably people that study uh, maybe feminist literature or something are probably more familiar with this I'm not sure Um, it's an area that I need to sort of explore Um, again the book of killing and seducing Nazis Um, simultaneously my wife was reading uh, oh I can't think of the lady's name (laughs) now she's also from Holland and her family also participated in resistance activities you know Helping helping people escape. to say Audrey Hepburn, but that's wrong. Yeah, someone like that, anyway. It'll come to me later. So that little synchronicity was kind of interesting. Thinking that about on one hand, here's this teenage girl who comes from a pretty wealthy family, whatever else, and they're able to use their their connections and so forth to to help you know people escape the Nazis. Simultaneously, here's these two little sisters juvenile sisters forced I wouldn't say forced but 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 pushed into a very sort of horrible situation um, in response to what was going on and so so those those dichotomies don't don't just slide by me easily because it's a great example of reality that we live in. As I'm sitting here, uh, just past the witching hour, talking to you guys simultaneously, there was something horrible going on elsewhere. And my hope is if it's the war on women, they are winning